You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Welcome to Love Talk Live. I'm so happy to be back. I was off for the past two weeks. Happy New Year to everybody. Today, I have Dr. Jennifer Sudarski with me. She is an integrative medicine and hormone specialist. We're going to learn lots of fun and delicious things from her. And then I also have my friend Meredith Golden, who's calling in. Hi, Meredith. Hi. She is a dating expert. She's the founder of Spoon Meet Spoon. So we have a fun show for you today. So we can just kind of jump on into it. One more thing. If you happen to be out there and if you happen to have a question, please call 818-570-5085. We will answer anything and everything. Don't be shy. Okay, so my first question for you, Dr. Jennifer Sudarski, is please tell us a little bit about what you do. I'm an integrative medical specialist, so I'm a trained MD, but I integrate alternative modalities into uh, my medical practice. Um, we were talking about naturopaths earlier. It's, it's kind of like being a naturopath, but with an MD degree. Um, having pursued sort of alternative methods and healing, one of the inevitable discoveries was hormones and hormone management because hormones really inform the, the in-between issues that people have that aren't going right often and they can be subtle and there can be things that don't feel right that are affected by hormones or that are caused by hormones that conventional medical doctors really don't pay attention to or don't know about. So one of the topics that we're going to be talking about today is what is the role of hormones in our romantic relationships because that's my favorite topic. So it's mine too. <laughs> that's why this is so perfect. So tell us, what have you seen? What have you experienced? How have hormone? How do hormones affect our romantic relationships? In so many different ways. I really feel like hormones are the foundation of love and romance and intimacy. Um, and I think sometimes I feel like you have to have that part uh, right before you do the hard stuff. I mean, the really hard stuff is the kind of work that you do and that you talk about. Um, I feel like the easy stuff is the hormones, um, but figuring out how the hormones are affecting you sometimes can be the hard part, mostly because people don't always know that their hormones are affecting them. Um, and uh, so. Yeah, so what are some of the symptoms that people might be experiencing that cause them to go to you? And I think this is so great for our our viewers because you might be walking around with some of these symptoms and not even realize that it's hormone related. Exactly. Um, well, there are, are two main hormones that inform our you know, romantic lives, our intimacy. Uh, for women, estrogen tends to be the dominant hormone and testosterone is also important, which a lot of people really don't know or don't necessarily want to know. And in men, as we all know, testosterone tends to be dominant. Um, the, uh, what's really important is the balance between the two hormones for women, keeping the estrogen strong and the testosterone in balance and for the men, the opposite. So we are kind of opposite and there's not much you can do about it because it's, 
in most of our uh, DNA. Um, so um, that said, what I see a lot of and what I hear a lot of from patients and experience myself and with my girlfriends are things that are caused by the imbalance of hormones. Um, so uh, PMS is a great example. Um, so you can have relationship issues because somebody is getting PMS um, and that would be an imbalance. And it's, uh, there's a, another hormone, progesterone, doesn't really affect libido, but it also balances the estrogen and progesterone. Think of it as kind of the volume of the menstrual cycle. It, it actually technically affects the same neurotransmitter receptors that Valium, Ativan, Xanax, all our favorite. Progesterone. Yeah. Wow. It's, um, it's a GABA, what we call GABA agonist. And so it really is the, the chill hormone. And so in PMS, if there are different things that can happen, you can be imbalanced where your estrogen is dominant, and then you're, you're super emotional, your boobs get sore, you have heavy periods when Not your fine. period comes, you get cramps. That's somebody who's estrogen dominant. That can be because you have too much estrogen or not enough progesterone. Um, so the other, the other thing that can happen in PMS is um, you can be th super cranky. Um, you can also have all those same symptoms, but it's because your progesterone is low and, um, and so you need to, to fix the progesterone. So, uh, in, so PMS can affect relationships uh, birth control pills um, alter your hormone levels, and um, some birth control pills will, all birth control pills will lower your own, uh, own estrogen. Um, and some birth control pills will also lower testosterone. So sometimes I'll see in a relationship where people don't have a, a lot of libido, or, and it can be because their, um, their testosterone has gotten low. They, Vagina might be dry and they don't want to have sex um, or it's painful. Not fun. That would mm -hmm. not be fun. So, and that can be from a pill that lowers both too much estrogen and testosterone, especially if, yeah, because of the libido part. Um, so, yeah. do you have a story to share with us of a patient who came to you, maybe who was having symptoms, who their relationship was maybe not going very well? And then once they kind of had an aha moment, oh, it's my hormones you balance them, so do you have like a real life story so our viewers can get inspired that maybe if they're having problems with their relationships, they yeah. can see that by balancing it can actually work? Sure, um, you know, sadly a lot of the stories are the same, although everybody's different and the interplay of hormones is so different. Um, the interplay of hormones is kind of like, it's like a symphony, you know, and the way you orchestrate it is you, you kind of, you're the conductor and the, your co-pilot co or your physician helps kind of monitor it. Um, so that interplay is what makes everybody different, but sort of the big, the, you know, the big stories that I hear over and over are, are similar. So um, there, you know, again, there's the, the dry vagina. I don't want to have sex because my vagina is, you know, I'm dry. Or some people don't know that that's what's going on, but, but they're can't uncomfortable. can't people just use like a lubricant for that? Sure. Or is that that's just a Band-Aid? Because it's still yeah. not really fixing the problem. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. You know, I used to be juicy and now I'm dry. Like I don't get it. What's happening? And they feel, they feel um, inf inferior and inadequate because something's different, and they're worried. Oh my God! You know, they, uh, everybody's worried about cancer. I, my vagina's dry. I must have cancer. <laughs> 
Um, so, and I, I don't mean to, you know, to belittle the idea of having cancer, but um, so it can be really scary. You know, it's just something simple like that. And it's so easy to, it's, I mean, for me, it's, it, I feel like it's an easy thing to fix, but sometimes people are really, really worried about it. And then the other time you get a dry vagina is in menopause. So um, when your estrogen drops, because estrogen's in charge of, of keeping you moist and comfortable. So, um, so I get that a lot, is I'm uncomfortable, you know, it's not comfortable to have sex, I don't wanna have sex. Sometimes people aren't even really aware of that. They're just like, I, you know, I'm not, I just don't love my husband anymore, I'm not attracted to him anymore. And, you know, I'm worried because I love him, he's the love of my life, I'm not really attracted to anyone else, but I'm just sick of him. <laughs> so do you have somebody who came in maybe that with those symptoms and then you treated them and then things just got better? Yeah, I have, um, I have sort of two versions of that. Two sim it's sort of a similar scenario, but they kind of went in different ways. Um, one, one friend and, a lot, and similar to a lot of patients had that same story. I'm, you know, I'm just bored with my husband. I'm not interested in having sex and um, I'm tired. Um, let's see what else. I can't concentrate. I can't find words. Um, getting flushed. So, I mean, that's sort of a giveaway, but I'm kind of like, you know, when's the last time you had your period? Oh, God, I don't know. And so, like you know. Like five years ago? So why don't you try a little estrogen, <laughs> silly? And suddenly, like, you know, I'm not tired anymore. Let's go play tennis. I'm, you know, oh, oh my God. You know, now that I look back, I really, it must have been the low estrogen because now all of a sudden I'm really into my husband and I'm not afraid and it's not so uncomfortable and I don't have my kids anymore. So you just amped up their estrogen mm -hmm. and things yeah. got better. And the hard part is, is as evidenced by this particular person, it wasn't really until hi it, to hindsight, looking back, that she realized, oh, you know, that was really what it was. So that's one of the things that makes hormones challenging and managing hormones and that tricky part of a relationship in especially like during life changes um, and that includes like stress because stress can affect your hormones too but um, that can be the hard part because you don't really know what's going on because there's so much michigas yeah you guys you can save your relationships just get a blood test check out your hormones or you can do a saliva test there are lots of different ways to check your hormones because maybe it's not that the relationship really has a problem. Maybe there really are biological sure. things going on. And and you know what happens to men too is in their, I've seen it in the late 30s, 40s, 50s, up you know, 60s. They might be your husband might be raging and ready to go all the way, and all of a sudden, bam, something stops. Maybe he's traveling a lot and up to something else on the side. You never know. But maybe maybe his testosterone's low. We can you know? give him the benefit of the doubt, and we get a blood test. Yeah. So. I've heard that bioidenticals can be controversial, or just even doing hormone replacement therapy can mm -hmm. be controversial. Why? I don't you know. We hear this, and unless you're like reading the medical books, a lot of people don't know why. So, can you tell us why it's controversial? Sure. I mean, even if you're reading the medical books, almost especially if you're reading the medical books, you probably don't get it. Um, the reason in our generation that it's controversial is because in 2002 there was a big study that came out. It was called the Women's Health Initiative, and it was a study of hundreds of thousands of nurses um, on hormone replacement. And the early data uh, was published from that study before it was really processed. And the early data showed that 
hormones may in fact be um, related to breast cancer. Now those, the hormones that they used in the study were not bioidentical. Um, uh, there was a, a hormone formula called Premarin um, that was used and so um, because it was Premarin, um, the alternative underground medical circuit sort of started um, use, talking about bioidentical hormones, hormones that are just like our body's own hormones. But the controversy really came from that Women's Health Initiative. And the scary part is, the, and the sad part is that the data was really reevaluated. And in fact, um, as they, um, they recalibrated the data, they found out that, that that's not at all true. Um, and uh, that when patients, women, are on specifically just estrogen, and it's even that not bioidentical estrogen, Premarin, um, there may in fact be a lower rate of breast cancer. The bottom line is if you're on hormones that look just like your body's hormones, which are the bioidentical hormones, um, you're safe. Um, you know, you're not immune to cancer because, um, be, but Nobody you're, is. yeah. But, but it's, you know, from what we can tell, unless you're on synthetic hormones, um, your risk of cancer probably is not increased. It can increase the risk of a cancer growing. This is kind of reminding me about how they were saying no milk, and then they were saying no coffee, and now coffee's back. I was just talking to my dad the other day, who like went off coffee years ago, and now he's back on. He said coffee's actually good for your brain. So it sounds like, you know, as we go through time, sure with studies, yeah, you know, it changes. One of the things that makes it tricky with coffee, with pot, with, um, with hormones, <laughs> what do those three things have in common? Me, <laughs> um, us. So um, is that we all metabolize them differently. Yeah, we're so all different. Yeah, so like I, I've done my genetic testing. I'm sensitive to caffeine. Not, I've always known that. How I about cannot, you? I cannot do caffeine. Maybe it's a Jewish thing. Maybe it is. Meredith? Um, <laughs> are you there? Meredith, are you there? I need caffeine. I can't survive without okay, it. Oh, so you're, okay, so you're one of those. Um, but, and then yeah. the, there's an interplay between caffeine and, and estrogen. And so some women find, and, and also red wine, oh my gosh, some women find that in perimenopause and menopause they become more sensitive. Um, and so, and if you, that happens to me, I would literally be crying every day because I'm the most sensitive emotional person. <laughs> 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 I like, I'm already emotional. Uh huh. Well, sometimes it can sometimes it can work to your benefit. So some caffeine can um, amp up the metabolism of estrogen, and then you might get less emotional, but you might get more cranky. I like my emotions. Okay. though. I'd like to keep them. You own them. Can I keep them? Yes, you can. Thank you for reminding me. We have to own them. You're welcome. Emotions. It's good to be emotional. <laughs> I. I I inspire people to cry when they when my clients come to my office. I'm like, just have a good cry. It's good. It gets it out, you know. Yeah, yeah, I get that. So um, anyway, and so but we, we one of the other. I mean, testosterone is a good hormone. So you were asking me for examples. So, and again, I'm sorry that I keep um, going back to menopause and perimenopause. That's the majority of my patients. And it's going to happen to every woman out there. And um, I'm in the thick of it. 
So I can, I can relate, but also I just have a lot of experience with it and with other women who are, are going through this. And so one of, something that can happen, and, and you may have a, a family member, a mom, a partner um, who's gone through this, and it actually can also happen to teenagers, is testosterone can become the dominant hormone. So as our estrogen wanes um, in, in your 40s and 50s, sometimes testosterone becomes the dominant hormone. And um, I was Start talking to Court. feeling like a man? Well, some, people, some women do say, oh, I have a couple of those hairs on my chinny chin chin, or I'm getting fuzzier. So you have to um, like start shaving? Yeah. Well, that, that's a whole other, cause that's a whole other. Or dermaplaning. Hygiene <laughs> conversation. Oh, I don't know what that is. It's great, I'll talk about it. Okay. So, um, but as testosterone becomes the dominant hormone, lots of different things can happen. You can get that sort of acne, adult acne, um, but with regard to um, intimacy, um, women get, you know, I, I remember when I was a kid, people, guys, would, teenagers would always talk about how they wanted to be with an older woman because older women were supposed to have more of a libido, you know, and they were sexier and they wanted to have sex more. And in fact, it's, it can be true. It doesn't happen to everyone, but... Um, Definitely more confident in, their, in who they are. Yeah, and more likely to pursue their original interests and it's not just because they're empty nesters if they're empty nesters but off, but testosterone becomes the dominant hormone they become more selfish they become more focused some women become hornier um, it kind of depends on again that balance between the testosterone and the estrogen so I've, I've had patients who've come in who are just raging with their testosterone and their their they want their husband to be on Cialis because they're not, their husbands don't want to have as much sex as they do, but also they hate their husbands. They hate their kids. Um, they, you know, they have to get out of the house. They hate their job. They, you know, they've always wanted to. You can tell them to come and talk to me also. Yes. Conjunction. Because right. sometimes it is a Tag conjunction, team. you know, of yeah. taking something and then talk therapy. Right. Also. See, so and my default is, oh, let's fix their hormones. And I'm like, let's talk. Yeah. <laughs> And you know, and there's there's truth to that because again, the stress stress hormones you know can really they affect your hormone imbalance. But in therapy, you can really learn to manage just how you think and how you feel about stuff. And and do that. Do <laughs> I'm gonna say there's that right? result is still the same. <laughs> still your hormone levels, but that may not be. But true. you do that deep work to also see what's beyond yeah. all of the like unresolved issues. Right, and that's where it gets like we, like I said in the beginning. That's where it gets really hard. And that's where I turn it over to you. Well, it gets hard <laughs> and it's intense, but it's all worth it because then it's a gift to yourself because then the rest of your life sure. you're happy. So I could talk about this forever mm -hmm. and she's going to be coming back on the show. We need to introduce, bring in Meredith to the conversation and we are Hello. all going to talk. And specifically, I think it'll be great because Jennifer is in the dating world. Oh. So Meredith, tell us what is Spoon Meet Spoon and what do you do? Well, Jamie, thank you so much for having me. You're it's welcome. great to, to do this with you, especially our history, which makes it super fun. We've and known each other I'm for loving hearing about all these hormone conversations. Um, but what I do is I am years. a dating expert and I'm a dating app boost writer. And I do basically everything before the relationship. So you're the relationship expert, but I do work with clients before they get to the relationship stage. And how do you help them? And how do we help them? I do a bunch of things. Depends on the client and what they need is. But sometimes it's as simple as writing them a new profile, 
Sometimes it's um, going back into the dating apps they're using and figuring out what they're doing wrong and giving them instructions on how to do it right or yield better results. Um, he's saying wrong because it feels so negative, but the truth is it's really just not going to work their way and they have to change what they're doing to be successful. Another option is someone comes to me, they need some coaching. So I'm basically on standby and they'll say, hey, this person wrote this. What do I write back? Can I reach out now? What do I do after the date? Oh, he hasn't reached out. She hasn't responded. And I really just coach them through and give advice. Okay, you know what? They're not interested. Let's focus on the other four people who are messaging you. Or, okay, it's time for a nudge. Let's move this forward. Or, you know what? We're going to silence this person for 36 hours and see what they do. And then, lo and behold, they pop up. Hey, you want to get together for a drink? And we're like, yeah, it works. Um, and then my most popular package is is um, the, the whole shebang, which is I am doing all the messaging and swiping and hurting for the client. So basically, I'm writing as the client for the client. And then the client just shows up after 99% of the work is complete. And they schedule the date. And I know that that has been controversial. I personally think that it's great because there are people that don't have the skills mm. to do that, you know, to date, and they don't have the confidence. They literally don't know what to say. Some of my clients are, you know, they say, I, I'm great in person, but how do I, you know, how do I get there? So kind of like a, um, like ghostwriting, or is it so like Cyrano, Cyrano yeah. de Bergerac? Sort of. Well, you know, people will sometimes say that to me, and I get the controversial piece. I don't, I understand why that is said. However, it's not that we're writing love letters back and forth to each other. You know, dating doesn't happen on the app. The app is just for connection. The dating happens right. in real life. Right. So it's not two people exchanging what happened in their childhood and their favorite vacation and their dreams for life. That's not how it, people who aren't on the dating apps have a misperception. Mm. Really on the apps, it's what's your favorite color. Oh, what kind of right. dog do you have? Does your dog do any tricks? Oh, how do you like work? Bum, 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 bum. And the Wanted bottom line is... Want me for a cup of coffee? Sounds good to me. The bottom line is you are helping people to be in relationships and get married. So that's, a thousand not, percent. that's not a bad thing. But it's not, it's not a bad thing. And also, sort of to add on to your point, not everyone's great on the app. Not everyone is a good writer. Not everyone knows the tools for success. And at this stage of life, you know, tying it back into the hormone situation, people in these middle years, they have a lot of other stuff going on. They've got kids, they have jobs, they're taking care of parents, and they're dealing with hormone issues sometimes. People don't have the time, in addition to everything on their plate, to then go log on or be on their app for an hour a day to put forth the extra effort to meet someone. And I take that burden off of someone's plate while, and allow them to have all the opportunities to go meet someone without having to do the work. Okay, that sounds um, really so appealing. Yeah. If you someone it's controversial or they have something negative to say about it, I'm like, that's fine. You know, you can say whatever you want, but my clients love the service and I connect people and the, you know, person on the date who's meeting one of my clients and they hit it off, they're just happy that it worked out. Exactly. Can you tell us, do you have maybe one or two or just what's your favorite success story where you took somebody they really like they just did not know how to do the apps they may maybe they were oh, confident and yeah then, well i just had one woman come to me who um she had been married for 30 years you know had spent the last year 
floundering, couldn't figure it out, didn't know what to ask, didn't know what to say, just wasn't having any success. And she came to me as a coaching client, and I got her on the right apps, and she had good pictures, set up her profile, and was just whispering in her ear for, I think she was with me maybe three months. And she met an older man, you know, in her age range. I think she's in her late 60s, and she met someone, you know, hovering maybe two, three years older. And this is a woman who got out of a 30-year marriage, you know, had to get back into the swing of things. They didn't even have cell phones when she was dating. Right. So this yeah, is you not to teach them everything. You. But what about do you have... Do you have millennials, or are they not at that stage yet where they feel like they... No, I do. I I have clients who come to me. I just had a 22-year-old client come to me, and I did a dating diagnosis on her. I was like, oh, dear God, what is she doing? Um, But I just want to say this older woman who came to me, it was very rewarding because she met someone, and she met someone through a dating app that she never would have been on, that she didn't know how to use. Like, it just made me so happy. Um, And then the 22-year-olds, they come to me, they sort of apply especially the females their goals in life right now are to excel and succeed in their careers which is great i'm all for ambition and being successful but the the efforts that they're putting forth to being successful at work they're applying those same set of skills to finding a partner and it just backfires and they come to me and they say he doesn't respond to my text i'm like well because you just messaged him six times yes. he's not going to respond to you you are you're a stranger to him you know why don't you respond to the people who outreach to you oh i never thought of that you know if you were saying hey you're worthy of my time i'm interested in you those are the people to engage with not the 15 people and you're sending five six messages and they're not responding they're not interested and that's okay that they're not interested they're not you're one move on to the next person who actually is responding to you and says, hey, what are you interested in? Do you want to get together and meet? Those are the places that we should try and make connection because it takes two people to connect. It's not one-sided. Yeah, and I am such a fan of do not do the double text. If you text a guy and he doesn't respond, don't think, well, what if he didn't get it? Like, what if he died? Or what, you know, he got it. And he will respond if he's supposed to. And if it's supposed to work out, it will. You know, like all the ruminating and the worrying. Or what should I do? Should I text him back? And if I text him back, what should I write? I'm just not a fan. No, of, you don't, no, you don't text him back. And the truth is, even if he didn't receive your message, if he's interested in you, trust me, he will text you again. Yeah. It's just it's just the nature. It's just how it goes. And some, one of the things that I try to work with my clients on is, how do you show a man that you're special without telling him that you're special? And there are so many different ways to do that. You know, these girls, they just kind of show up and then they start doing the, the millions of texts and blah, blah, blah. And, and so the guy doesn't know that she's this gem because he thinks she's like all the others. But if you show a guy that you are independent, you have your own life, you would love to accept a date from him, but you're also not asking him on all these dates, then he said, you know, right. he, he thinks, well, this one's different. This one's special. And it's so it's, hard. It's so I agree hard. with you. I think it's really about the person who's not responding and he has to work harder to book some time with her. That's the one that he's going to feel like he really earned earned her time and she's worthy 
of spending the time with as opposed to the person who's always available any time of day. It doesn't look like they have that much going on. But if, if someone has to work a little bit harder to get someone on their calendar, it just feels like a bigger win. And not that a bigger win is what makes a successful relationship, but in the beginning of the courtship, it's what makes someone want to spend more time with you. In addition to other things, like having fun when you're together and laughing and having chemistry and all that other good stuff. But the people who are too valuable, you know, texting 15 times, it, it just doesn't work. It's counterproductive. Yeah, it doesn't give the guy a chance to miss you. It doesn't give a guy a chance to wonder what you're doing. If you're constantly communicating, and then also like, well, then what are you going to even talk about on the date if he knows you had a turkey sandwich for lunch? You know, right. <laughs> if you're constantly. And if you're, I always tell my clients, if he's texting you at eight o'clock at night or nine o'clock at night, don't respond. Let him wonder who you're with, what you're doing, yes, and you're busy, it. and you can get back the next day. I love, it, and it makes him crazy. And I'm not a fan of game playing per se, but there is this evolutionary thing that we have as humans that we need a little bit of that. Some, you know. Yeah, and it has to move forward. Like, you're dating. He's still courting and wooing, and it has to move forward. And listen, if you're in that relationship phase, obviously you're going to text back at 7, 8, right. 9, 10 o'clock at night because you're in a relationship, and Once being in a relationship is different than dating. Yes. But in the beginning, you, you have to play it a little bit if you want to advance the ultimate goal of being in a relationship if that's what you want. I was going to say, I do have people who come to me as clients who don't want a relationship. Um, and they'll say, like, listen, I am so busy. I want someone to do something with repeatedly, but I have no interest in falling in love right now or having a serious relationship. I'm like, okay. You know, and, and they have been very clear, and they're very clear on the dating apps, and I have them on the apps that are for that. Um, And again, you know, it's the same technique for me. I'm still doing the work and they're still showing up and they're having their fun. I love the couples and I actually just was interviewing this couple a few weeks ago. The couples that actually met on a particular website, that one that you might be talking about, where neither of them had an intention of falling in love. They were both coming out of relationships and they did fall in love and they actually just got engaged. those are the oh, stories that are it. that are extra special because that just shows that that we are human and we mm-hmm. do have the desire to love even if you aren't ready or whatever you don't have the intention at that time but it does happen and it's beautiful. that's why i will always say you know someone could say gee i'm not i'm not looking for anything well people say that all the time but to validate and piggyback on like your story of this beautiful couple that's exactly how it works. You spend enough time with someone, you develop some feelings, it gets a little sticky, and then all of a sudden you wake up a few months later and you're like, huh, you know, I want to be around this person. I don't want to live life without this person in my orbit. It's more fun to have someone in my space than not. And that's sort of where it shifts and you want to be in a relationship versus just hanging out indefinitely. And a lot of times. Or not hanging out. That is, you know, they say when you least expect it, that is a lot of times when these relationships start. Like, a client of mine years ago she had just gotten out of a relationship she was not she had no intention of starting another relationship she ran into this guy at a party she met this guy two weeks later and she didn't have makeup on that night so she was like mortified two weeks later ran into him at the dry cleaner once again like not looking her best didn't matter this guy took a liking to her she said she didn't want to start a relationship they got married they have three kids now so you can't you can't control when you're going to meet 
that special person. Speaking of, you know, like how we can help someone find their special person, maybe Meredith and Jennifer can talk about, can like check in and see what's been going on in Jennifer's dating life. That's fun. Sure. So Jennifer, which app do you on? Uh, I am on Coffee Meets Bagel and Match. Okay. So is that the problem? If Jennifer, <laughs> I, you know, we haven't met, so I don't know how old you are. I'm 54. 54. Okay, so match is doable then. Coffee Meets Bagel, and you said you're Jewish? I'm Jewish, but Why we were, Jamie and I were talking, yes, oh. Jamie and I were talking about this earlier, because on match, you only have a choice of being spiritual but not religious, or Jewish, or Christian, or Christian other. So I am Jewish, but I put spiritual, not religious, because... But are you open to other religions? I am, but you get to say that when you're picking your guy, like what you want in the guy. So it's two separate things. But you don't get to say that about yourself. I would suggest that you go on J-Swipe. J-Swipe. Have you heard of it? No. I would, <laughs> Should I be taking I notes? It's the new J-Date. I think J-Swipe is a great app, and it's not necessarily for the uber-religious. It's sort of what you're describing. There's a range within the app, but someone could be Jewish and, you know, maybe go to shul once every 15 years, and there are people right. who are conservative or orthodox, but you are not. But the app has over a million users globally, and if you think about the Jewish population, and you break it down by urban cities, it actually has a really nice population. And I think you're out west, right? Yes. LA. Right. So you're and if anybody LA, out there knows of, people there. of a man right. for this beautiful people, lady right there's here. There's plenty of people on J-Sites, and I definitely Call think you should us. give it a try. Okay. I will definitely check it out. Um, One of yeah. these shows, we should just do a dating show for Jennifer. Oh. We'll bring on men. <laughs> And then she gets to choose her man, and then we they go on the get the date, and then Meredith gets to do the like after date anything like you do. Well, that's another challenge. And then, how many people are you chatting with per like how many people are on your match in uh, your match inbox, and how many people are are you chatting with on Coffee Meets Bagel? You know, I I've I'm I've just started, so I'm just I don't know, what's the word trawling <laughs> trolling. <laughs> You're just looking. Just. Yeah, oh, I'm just snooping this is around. Oh, year. You gotta hit it out of the gate and go. Oh yeah. You can't be slow now. Okay. Oh yeah, you gotta run. Well, so this is, huh? this isn't like I'm gonna dip my toe in and see what happens. No, no, no. You have to be methodical and you need to be in Monday through Thursday, twice a day. You have to do at least 30 minutes per app. So if you don't have time for 16 minutes a day, you need to only commit to one and be consistent. You exhaust it, and then once you exhaust that app. You can go into the second one. Being inconsistent on the app. So I am so It's a disaster. Oh my God. I used and to, do I have to do this? I've been told I have to do this. Yes. You have to do this. Yeah. If you unless you know, if you want to just like sit on your friend's stoop and wait for him to come and tap you on the shoulder and be like, right. Here I am. But, but it's, otherwise that's not how it works. Okay. Well and I'd had some pretty good luck, but but that was mostly by recycling, being very green and recycling. <laughs> I mean, there's so many people out there, and they're on your phone, and you could just swipe and heart, and you can find your person. But there's more oh people on your phone within five minutes of parting than you could probably meet mm -hmm. going out every single Saturday night to a bar. So do you think on J-Swipe that I could meet somebody who's spiritual, not religious, but maybe Jewish? Yeah, Absolutely. I've never had a Jewish boyfriend. Okay. 
doesn't matter. Jay Swift. And there, <laughs> also, no, it doesn't matter. there are also some people who go on Jay Swift who aren't religious, but they just like Jewish women or Jewish men. Okay. All right. Well, my mother will be very happy finally. This is very exciting. Yes. <laughs> yeah, my, uh, my mother got divorced, and the first man she met out the gate was a tall, sexy, French Jewish man. Wow. At, at like 65 years old. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and they're still together? No, he died. Okay. But, but um, okay. she I'm broke sorry. up with him when he was 90. Oh. <laughs> she wanted a different French man or an Italian man at that point? She, it was just too much work for her. Okay. Well, bless their souls. And they, they had the relationship for as long they as did. they did. It was really beautiful. And, um, and it, it, was, it was really great. But it, it made me look bad. So like, oh, mom, there's no such thing as a you know, tall, handsome French Jewish guy. And then there was. So we, now yeah. we need to find, like, a French dating site. Is there a French dating site? <laughs> that's probably not a there good idea. There probably is somewhere. Um, so, well, that's exciting. It's good. I have some direction, and, and I've been told you're spanking me and telling me to take it more seriously. Meredith yeah, is going to fly here tomorrow. Really take important. more under advisement. Um, and again, if 60 minutes a day feels way too overwhelming, then just do one app and do 20 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes at night. And if you're in Monday through Thursday, twice a day, Friday, you go in once, Saturday, Sunday, you stay off. So if you really think about it, it's only Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, four days of commitment, super lazy, just a little bit on Friday, and then you get the weekend to recoup. And I always tell my clients, look at it as fun. It is. It's, it's you fun. know. It's exciting. Yeah, and creating the profile, which I, you know, I really I thought about and I spent time doing. It, it was funny. It's funny because I just my daughter just finished applying to college and she, she got into college so early. So I'm glad that's over. Yeah. But you know, in talking to her and her friends and watching the experience, it it's not unlike that. It's like you're dating colleges. It's not on. on it's very similar because it's an introspective um, endeavor where you're really getting to know yourself. In my daughter's case, I, you know, I saw, I saw the light bulb where it was kind of like, oh, I really, I do add up to something. I am somebody special. I am desirable, you know. And then it gets to the point of like, oh, do, you know, it's no longer do they want me, but hey, do you I know, is that a school that would work for me? Is that a school that I want? And it's fun. It's just so funny. I mean, it's maybe it's a weird analogy, but I, it's funny how, um, how it's not, you know. They're, they're similar, similar experiences. Am I wrong? Well, I love that you're have, bringing I that up. I want to know if you've gone on any dates yet. Um, have I gone on? No, I have not. Wait, I love that you just brought that up, though, because this is such an important part that I know that you've worked on, we all have worked on, about That's right. it's kind of like, you can do it simultaneously, but better to do it before, that worthiness. Right. That when you when you that you show up as yourself, your confident self, your solid self, your authentic sure. self, yeah. and you show up at that date with that attitude, not in a condescending way, but just that I you know what? I'm not gonna settle. I know my worth and I'm looking for my match. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm looking for somebody who can unconditionally love me, because I know I'm gonna unconditionally love them, to accept me for everything who I am mm-hmm. and I will accept them for everything that they are sure kind of having those talks before you go on the dates I, I have a question for you although you know the authenticity is is so real so I have been on dates but fortunately I'm not fortunately I took that back because I'm re- I'm recalibrating here I mean with okay. you know with people not from the dating site I, and f- in fact a 
short French guy, and um, oh, <laughs> and so he's rich. And he, but it's sim- it's similar to the sort of the kids that you're talking about in that um, he he's retired and just and keeps himself really busy because that's what he was told to do in in retirement class. <laughs> and um, but I I'm busy, you know. I go to work. I got my kids, just like you said. And he started to really drive me nuts. But he he's not he wasn't needy, um, but uh, and I. But anyway, it just reminds me of, of what you said. So that was my experience. And I don't know, I, I'm tr- I was thinking, like, did I wait to hear from him if he texted me back, or did he wait? I kind of feel like, at, you know, maybe because I'm older. I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you know older. this. Well, I'm older than 22. You're a young lady. I, I you know, it's all, it is, I agree, it's up here. My hormones young are, lady. my hormones are She's very perfect. vibrant. <laughs> but, um, uh, <laughs> what? I'm just packing up because given what you do, you can actually, you can prescribe yourself enough. Yeah, that's right. You you can be sure of that. Hormonal profile. She's actually really ready to go dating. So when you're saying that, like, you could dose yourself however you want. I Uh, love it. Yeah. Yep. There you go. So, um, yeah. And for better or for worse, maybe it's time. Maybe I need to be, maybe I need to slow down and like be a little more introspective because I was in a relationship for a while and, and that recently ended. So didn't think I was ready until he announced on Facebook that he was already, he was seeing someone else. And I'm oh, not really sure yeah. how long that had been going on because yeah. I'd been ghosted for a while. Okay. But um, uh. yeah, I know. So, um, but at any rate, so I do have a question for you um, because I hear, you know, a lot of my friends say that especially at this phase in life where ah, we all have baggage, which you can look at it as baggage or you can... Unresolved issues. Yes, unresolved issues. Or um, or just life experiences. Right, which is... Has. I think that's more of, of how I see it, and I would imagine you do too. Conditioned stories. Um, yeah, I like that. Um, so, uh, but I've heard people say, oh, it's just a matter of figuring out what you can put up with and what you can't put up with. Is... I, so I, I was kind of hoping that I'm, I, can, I know I can count on Jamie to, to, to re-articulate that in a more positive way. What do you, what do you no, guys? You said it perfectly. It's true. At this stage of the game, everyone's coming with something. You're not 19 and yes, 19 year olds come with stuff, but you've got a life and there's an ex-husband or an ex-wife and you've got kids and maybe your kid has something. Maybe you're dealing with a parent who's got something. Maybe there's a financial issue. I mean, there's, there's real problems that occur as you get older maybe there's a health issue everyone's got something so I once had a client meet someone and I said hey how was the day she's like it's great you know but he had just gotten over I forget if it was cancer or like some sort of illness that was in remission it wasn't going to kill him but it was something that could reappear later and would be make a make a situation challenging or ambiguous if you'd be around later and I remember just thinking to myself well everyone's gonna have something mm-hmm. so maybe this person has a health issue and again he it, it had been resolved you know at that stage but it was like a five year five within five years it could return um and you know maybe like the return rate like 30 percent or something but everyone's got something and yeah. so it's a matter of and I don't judge this particular client for saying, hey, it was a no for me, but that was for her. So you know what? The health thing, I can't. I need someone who's healthy. It was a deal breaker. 
it was a deal breaker. Like, I can't be flexible on that. Where someone else is like, oh, that doesn't bother me at all. But another client will say, they need to be financially independent. I don't want to support anyone that is a deal breaker for me. Um, and it's a matter of what, what you're comfortable with. Like, there's no right or wrong, but there has to be some openness to say, oh, you know, maybe the person lives 70 minutes from me and it's really far, but they, all this other stuff is great. You know, I can deal with, with a long distance relationship or a lot of commuting until we see where it goes and figure it out. But you have to be open because everyone has something. No one is perfect. And this is why we don't and all date. And if you think someone is so perfect in the beginning, That's you know, you're going to find out at some point. <laughs> but this not. is why we all don't Both date men the and same women. person because we all are with the, the people that it works for us. You know, sometimes it might work if somebody has cancer, or if somebody is a smoker, or if somebody is doesn't work out or or eats unhealthy or does eat healthy. That's why when it's meant to be, no matter what the main issues are that, that you have to go through, when there is true authentic love, you can get through anything. I know it sounds cliche, but it's very true. And we do have to wrap up. But we are going to continue I was the show. I was just saying, you know, you talk about true, authentic love. I think that is part of it. You find your person. But there's also an element of you have to make it work. And exactly. And you have to give people a chance. And so totally. if you go on a first date and you're like, yeah, I'm fine, you know, no spark. But, you know, I had a good time. I laughed. You know, maybe when we're 18 or 19, we're like, oh, they're definitely getting dinged. There's no second date. But when you're in your 30s and you've been shopping for a while and even the 40s push divorce, it's it's that willingness to be a little bit more open and say, oh, you know what? I had fun. I really haven't had fun on a date in five years. This person I had fun with, I don't know that I want to get naked with this person, but I'm going to give him a second chance. And let's be, when you watch the, the unfolding and people getting to know each other and what they can love about one another, that creates dating path towards a relationship. And it's not necessarily that they would have like chosen that person from across the room and the eyes lock and it's immediate and it's love at first sight, but they put in the work and they make it work into a relationship that's successful and satisfying. I love it. And I love that you bring up fun because that is absolutely important in any successful relationship. Okay. We do need to wrap up, but I want you guys to have a chance to really fast tell people how to find you. Okay. Sure. Go ahead. You can find me at Spoon Me Spoon. Or Instagram, Mayor Golden, M-E-R-G-O-L-D-E-N. Or Twitter, Mayor Golden, S-M-S, for Spoon Me Spoon. And that's how you find me. Well, I didn't even, I, I'm not necessarily there yet, but um, I do have an Instagram, which is hotflash411. And my email, oh, I love that. my email is hotflash411md uh, at gmail.com. Um, yeah, th- Jamie, thank you so much for for this, and it's just such a it's such a privilege and a treat to learn from both you and to be well, able to share. This has been so much fun. And if you have a question that you want to write in that I can bring up on next week's show, email me at Jamie J A I M E at therelationshipexpert.com, or you can go to my website therelationshipexpert.com, or my Instagram therelationshipexpert. No e. So we have. Like one minute. Thank you both so much. This was amazing. Thanks so much. And like I said, we could keep talking on and on and on about all this stuff because it's my favorite topic. And you guys are amazing. So, and thank you all for joining us tonight. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jamie. Thank you, guys. Have a great week. 
You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on L.A. Talk Radio.